Vendos with a video for virtualsheetmusic.com. Uh, so, first of all, I have to address something because I haven't made videos uh, in a long, long time. It's been, I think, it's been more than a year now, or maybe, I'm not sure if it's been that long. But anyway, it's been a long time. I haven't made videos in a long time. So, sorry about that. I, I you know, I got very busy, um, and it was very difficult uh, for me to find the time uh, to be able to do them. Uh, but uh, thankfully, um, things have changed uh, for the better. Um, and in fact, I have moved. Uh, I no longer live in California. I don't teach at the Colburn School anymore. Um, and uh, I'm now teaching uh, solely online, actually. Uh, so that's a wonderful thing, as I've been dreaming uh, of this for quite a long time. And to have it actually happen uh, is extraordinary. Uh, so if, uh, if, if you're interested in online lessons, um, I do have some availabilities currently, so you can um, uh, go on my website, uh, cellojunkie.com and take a look, um, and send me an email, um, and, or leave a comment or something on the website there and get in touch with me about that. And I'd be happy to set something up. Um, now for today's video, uh, um, as I was going through some of my old videos, I realized that there was a topic that I've kind of, uh, brushed a little bit in different videos in the in the video for uh, the, the prelude to the um, uh, first Bach cello suite, I talked about it a little bit. I talked about it <clears throat> a little bit in, I think, uh, one of the uh, Bow Fundamental, I think, well, I only made one, the Bow Fundamental video. Uh, but anyway, the topic is string crossings. And it's a topic that is, um, well, it's really multifaceted. There's a lot of aspects to string crossings that need to be discussed. But I would say that the number one aspect about string crossings that I think frustrates the most people is <coughs> how to do them efficiently, um, how to do them uh, smoothly, how to do them artfully and tastefully. And it's a really difficult thing. Uh, first, let me just talk about just some basic things about uh, what, we, what we need on the four strings here. Um, we have uh, a certain level that we need to hit on the C string. And by level, I mean this way. So I mean um, uh, not an angle this way but a level this way that we need to hit in order for the C string to really sound its best. We need to hit that level in order for that C string to really ring. We need to, there's also a certain level for the G string and for the D string and for the A string. You see, I missed that level there. And for the A string. You need to be able to hit all these levels. Um, and uh, if you miss any of those levels, uh, and again, sorry, I'm not being clear here. By levels, I mean, for example, on the D string, how close you are to the A string or how close you are to the G string. That's what I mean by level. And there is one level for the D string that really works really well. Most of us can find it pretty easily. Uh, but anyway, that's what I mean by levels. Um, in order for string crossings to really sound wonderful, instead of kind of uh, a little bit scratchy or a little bit um, out of control, you need to be able to hit those levels. Um, so, for example, um, in uh, uh, any sort of situation where you have to go, where you have to go uh, on a slur like that, so, for example, in that one bowing that I showed you in that other uh, video of the prelude, if you have to do that kind of bowing, what most people do is they try to minimize the motion, is they try to move just the tiniest bit. And instead, actually, to get both levels, to get the level on the D string all the way down here that you need, instead of being here, 
you need to be here. You need to go further than what you think. And similarly on the A string, you need to be able to go much further this way. In fact, maybe on the camera you can see that I have a little bit of rosin dust here on the side of, of my cello right there. And that's because sometimes I go a little too far. But again, because I'm searching for that level. So with string crossings, that's the first thing, is you have to understand, for, before we start talking about how to move, you have to think, okay, there is a certain spot that I have to get to, and then it does matter. If I'm playing on the A string and I'm a little bit too close to the D string, it's not going to sound the same or as good as if I get a little bit further away from the D string. Same thing on the D string. If I'm a little too close to the G or a little too close to the D, depending on where I am in the bow, of course, that can really have an effect on the sound. The C string is probably the biggest one because it's the thickest string and it's the, the one that's the hardest to get to sound. Is that you need to make sure, again, that you're really at the right level. And I don't know if you can see here, um, but uh, to get that level is really really difficult you have I, I have to get all the way here if you're too close to the G string then you see the sound automatically gets a little bit shallow it's a little bit hard to start if I'm here the sound starts very very easily it's a very very easy beginning for that sound um, now let's talk about how to move okay so when we're moving what we want to try to move we want to move the smallest joints that we can the furthest that we can uh, and then only use larger joints uh, or larger limbs uh, when we absolutely need to. Because as you include larger and larger limbs, you're moving more and more mass. And what we know about mass is when we're moving a lot of mass, it takes a lot of energy to stop that mass once it's in motion. So to stop the mass right on the right spot, right on that right level, is going to take a lot, say if you're moving the entire arm like that. However, if you're moving just the wrist and the fingers like that, then it's a lot easier to stop the bow at the right spot. And then if you're on that level, then your arm will kind of naturally come up uh, to a certain point, unless you're dropping straight back down again. So that's really the two things that I want you to focus on for string crossings, is when you're moving, when you're doing the actual moving, try to use the smallest joints that you can, the smallest uh, limbs that you can. So that means the fingers and you know the wrist and the hand, and then as you need them, incorporate larger joints. Um, so if it's a really big string crossings from, you know, from the C string to the A string, you might need to use a little bit of shoulder and a little bit of elbow. If it's just to there, you may not need much shoulder or elbow at all. And then the other thing which I think is even more important is what I talked about with uh, making sure that the, the string levels are correct. Um, that's something that a lot of people forget. Again, when, especially when they're doing this kind, of, this kind of bowing pattern, they normally don't go nearly far enough. So if you combine that far enough motion this way, and that big enough motion this way, with a real nice sense for efficiency that way, then I think it'll help your string crossings, especially in performing Bach, uh, uh, but really in anything. It'll help your string crossings be much more smooth, um, much more artful, and much more under control. Uh, so uh, this has been a video for virtualsheetmusic.com. Uh, uh, my name is Joseph Mendoz, and I hope to see you again soon. Thanks.
Thank you.